Listen. One of the best movies. One of of the best movies of all time. Yes. And the lady that we have on today, like if she ever enters any location, this song needs to be playing. Should be playing. Should be playing. Yes. Yeah. Everyone has a theme song. Everybody has a theme song. And I really think this could be hers. Like she's coming to the save the day, conquer the world. Yes. Beautiful. (laughs) That's one movie I could watch over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I think that that movie kind of like set my life up for like how men should look and be and all <laughs> and of those yes. things, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you seen all of them? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. You yeah. Need to, yes. You know, and I kind of wish I would have walked in like for my wedding with the Snowy River song. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, we are having a great day today. What we are. Day. We are having a beautiful day. Yes. And the day is just going to get better after yes. we have this awesome guest on. Yes. And, you know, we don't always get to have people in studio, in studio yeah. because we are reaching out beyond yep. um, our Be- arm's length. Exactly. And bringing in guests people want to hear yep. from and about. So yep. it's fun that we have the opportunity, one, with our new equipment to have a great sound. And with our new location that we can still have a fun vibe, but yet bring people in. From all over. Yep. Yeah. From all over. But so we're going to call in we're going to get started here in a little bit um, and call, call our guest in, Ian. Um, But before we get started, let's a huge thank you to our sponsors. So really quickly, just to name those off, we have Jolton Joes out of McCook, Nebraska, Edward Jones, Emily Smith out of Altus, Oklahoma, Wild Ass Soap and Co. out of McCook, Nebraska, and then El Porto, awesome fine dining Mexican restaurant here in McCook, Nebraska. So a lot of community support, huge thank you to all of you. Um, what, like this equipment couldn't be possible without you and just yes. so many other things that we kind of yes. have uh, yes. brewing in our minds to do. We just got to yes. like pull the trigger and get it done. Yeah. So huge thank you to all of you guys. But today in, um, we're going to call in, so we don't have her in studio, is uh, Lindsay Sumter and she is the head women's rodeo coach out of Otero. Junior college, so she lives in La Junta, Colorado. But if you're in the rodeo world, um, you you know who she is. And she's got a lot of cool things to say. So we're kind of, you know, taking taking a step back and looking, you know, somebody else. Not so much athletics, but rodeo is also a sport, too. It is athletics, yeah. um, You know, what else? What's been going on with you here lately? I'm trying to get my phone going. Well, you know, we're enjoying and we're getting great response on our Women's Wednesdays. So we're going to continue... Um, with another month of those in May, which is super exciting. And we also want the feedback um, for how we're going to continue with those and move forward. Mm -hmm. So that's super exciting. Mm -hmm. Our volleyball teams who were so kindly sponsored by El Porta, they'll be wrapping up their season next week. And we... Well, they'll be wrapping up. No, they'll be done by they'll then. They'll be done. They'll That's be done that. by no, this I episode. I just realized as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're just, we're getting our series together. So we're going to do a couple different series. So we're getting some new things together with those. So yeah. that's exciting. And we're all ready for the sunshine and weather. The yes. beautiful weather. Like everybody's yes. enjoying the sun. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sun. Stick around for a yeah, while, let's would do, you? Yeah. yeah. Like, let's, so we can wear some flip-flops. Well, you know Get what? my toes painted. I, I just need a little vitamin D. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, never mind. Okay. So. Awkward. Let's, you know, let's just get, let's just get on the phone here. Okay? Let's do. Save let's me. just make some phone calls. Dig me out of that one. Make some phone calls. Good morning. <gasps> Hi. Good it's, morning. It's me and the other person's Lena, Lindsay. Yeah. Hi. Hi Lindsay. Nice to meet you. Hi. Nice to meet you. Oh, I'm so excited for this. This is going to be fun. I feel like I'm going to yes. learn a lot. Today. Yeah. Lena, Lena is a, of... 
Okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was in Horse 4-H. I rode poles and barrels, <laughs> pleasure, oh, and horseship. Game over. You are a professional. You know what? Look at Thank that. She's a game showing over. a little respect. <laughs> Me and oh. my pony, we really oh, just did it. Gosh. The cool part is that pony that you rode then, if yeah. you had him now, he'd probably be worth five or six or 10000 That's no Thank joke. God. Yeah, if you could even carry a flag on that horse, he'd be worth at cool. least 10 That's why we can't you keep riding him 10 feet. That's yeah. what it seems like anymore. I know. I'm like... Uh, I was talking to a friend of ours, Lindsay, the other day, and we were talking about kids' horses, and she's like, well, my sister has one for sale. I'm like, not out of, not in my price range. Yeah. <laughs> I asked the price of a 20-year-old horse that, you know, breakaways and runs barrels and poles and stuff. Like, it's it's 20, 20. right? But yeah. If it's like 10 what? grand, I'm like, what? Yeah. I've never had a car that's cost that much. <laughs> I'm telling you, the the horse and like people are talking about inflation of coffee and stuff. Take a step into the rodeo world. Sweet yeah, mother of pearl. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's crazy. It's bad. So, it's Lindsay, bad. I kind of did just a brief um, profile of you per se, but tell us um, first off, tell us like what titles do you all hold currently, and then we're going to take a step back and you're going to tell tell us just like a brief thing about you. But currently, what all titles do you hold on your resume? Oof, current status. Um, I wrangled two little boys, six and nine. Oh. So mother, um, wife that. of a rancher and slash the worst farmer in America. Um, People farm so in Colorado? Yeah. Alpha. <laughs> Gosh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, I am the head rodeo coach at Otero college. This is my 14th season there. And I am the commissioner of the women's rodeo world championship. Oh my gosh. That sounds big time. That sounds yeah. big. It sounds like you have a lot of free time. Yeah, that too. I have a lot. I have so much free time <laughs> that I'm, uh, one, I've been getting my master's for the last uh, year and a half. And I'm after this semester, I'm one class away mm -hmm. look at you so go. much free time yeah so much free time so much free time I feel, i'm gonna send you a list I, of things my, you need to start doing because you're right? not doing my, enough my latest is like i've been chasing my tail so fast that i turned into a tornado so you better get out of the way oh <laughs> that's a good way to <laughs> put it that's, yeah uh -huh. write that one down yep. that's going on our facebook post yep, yep. um Lindsay. Yep. so you're in the rodeo world which you're you're our first actually like rodeo person that we've talked about what Nice. So you started rodeoing when, like, can you kind of give us like a background of your, like your life mm -hmm. into yep. now? Uh, so I'm born and raised in the rodeo business, not necessarily on the competition side. So my grandfather, um, he recently passed away last June, but, uh, was Cotton Rosser and he was, um, hall of fame pro rodeo hall of fame. I mean, any, the national cowboy hall of fame, I mean, any hall of fame, have that's in the western lifestyle he's been in it um he was very influential within the rodeo community so grew up in the business um i carried the american flag at the national finals rodeo when i was six um we used to have i think 42 weekends you know throughout the year like a, a, you know back in the good old days when there was a lot more you know county fairs and, and rodeos and stuff like that but um I didn't start competing until I was probably 12 or 13. I, tri I had a little stint of trick riding there for a while. And my stop, my you were a trick rider. 
Yeah, I used to roam around. I used to, I always tell people uh, when I go on like recruiting deals, because I recruit for the ag department. So I'll go to like local high schools Uh and stuff and visit with uh, kids about ag. And, you know, rodeo obviously goes hand in hand with that. But I always tell them like, what's your fun fact? Like, because they don't want to talk to you. They, I mean, you know, that's your coach, get it. Like, they don't care what I have to say. They don't want to talk to me. I'm just like wasting their time. But they are glad that I'm there because they don't necessarily have to like do anything at school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, all right, what's your fun fact? And they're like, um, my dad's in jail. I'm like, sweet. That's awesome. Good for you. And then like, I'm like, my fun fact is I used to ride three horses at once and jump fire. And they're like, what What? is that? Like, so like do all stock contractor kids learn how to trick ride? I feel like you're not the first. I'm not, I'm definitely not the first. No, it's kind of one of those deals because, you know, contract acts are expensive, which they're a lot more expensive now than they ever were, you know, when I was growing up. So it was like, if you made a contract act out of your family, then you, you saved money initially. I I follow some girl on Instagram. I'm like, am I too old to do some flips off a horse? I don't know. I feel like any trick riding I did was falling not so gracefully, but I sort of made it look good. I'm going to make Letty do that. That's I'm going to send her to Canada. She's going to learn from the best and she's going to roam and ride. That's so crazy. I need some photos of this, Lindsay. Cause now like you take, you are like all the, you were at the top anyways, but now like yeah, so much cooler. Okay, just sorry. got bumped Con- up. Yeah, continue. <laughs> yep. Um. I, yeah. So I I started probably because I know you. I'm not uh, terribly young. I'm not old. I've been hanging out at 29 for a while. But uh, <laughs> Lindsay, you and you and a lot of other yeah. Of us. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah. So uh, there wasn't junior rodeos. There was a couple junior rodeos. I grew up in California, so Northern California is where I grew up and call home. Uh, and it's you know it's kind of wherever my home is, it'll always be my home. It kind of just that's just uh, you know how that is. The place you grow up is kind of your home. But like this is our home now. But um, yeah, so there was only a couple of rodeos in California. There was like Red Bluff Junior Rodeo, Oakdale Junior Rodeo. You know, um, there was a there just wasn't a lot of opportunity for kids to compete then. <clears throat> so I would you know. Probably when my brother got into high school and started high school rodeoing was kind of when I started to really rope. I wasn't as I could. I, we always branded calves. We had some. We had a commercial herd in California when I grew up. We had the bull, you know, the buck and bull herd, and then we had commercial cows as well. So we branded and had California. You had and heal everything. So I always roped, but I wasn't allowed to team rope because they were worried I was going to cut my fingers off. You know. And then you couldn't ride three horses at once through fire. And I can ride three horses at once. My mom, yeah. she tried really hard for me to be her like pretty ballerina, Aww. and it just didn't it didn't work out. It was not it was not that girl. Like my mom sent me to etiquette school, and I rode Western pleasure horses. Like she tried really hard for me to be that debutante. Aww. Lena, Aww. you've ever met Lindsay? <laughs> she's not quite she is, that. I mean, she's beautiful, uh-huh. but she is not. I'm not dainty. I don't think she's eating I'm almost with a salad six fork. feet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have tea with a queen if I needed to, but for the most part, it's kind of like paper plates and Dixie cups. Let's go. Come oh, on. Gosh, that's awesome. Good yeah, try, mom. So. Good try. Good try, mom. Good try. She tried really hard. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I I like to. So back to rodeo. I high school rodeoed, um, won some state titles in California. California's a little district d- different because we have districts. So, um, I won the all around my senior year and won the breakaway and 
to, I won the goat tie-in in high school. And then I went to college at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo on a rodeo scholarship there and, and rodeoed for Cal Poly, made the college national finals and um, graduated from Cal Poly with an agriculture science degree and ended up kind of just had some odds and ends, did that like year out of school of, you know, pretending like you're working, but you're really just kind of jacking around, not doing a whole lot. Um, and I tried to run barrels then cause the opportunity to rodeo, like to stay within the rodeo industry when you got out of college was over really for women, unless you were a barrel racer. And like I said, I'm almost six feet tall and, um, not built to be a jockey because that's just the reality of genetics. And, uh, I'm not five foot 92 pounds. I'm almost six foot and I weigh a lot more than that. So I, uh, I ran barrels for a little bit and I met my husband when I was in my last year of college and I moved to Colorado because I got a job with the professional bull riders. And I did, I was a PR and marketing manager for the professional bull riders. And that's how I ended up in Colorado, Wade's from Colorado. And it was kind of like that, get a job, get the trial and see if you can even survive, you know, in the, uh, great plains of Southeast Colorado. So I always tell people I'm not John Denver, Rocky mountain high out here. We're like Laura Ingalls, little house on the prairie more. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So in plains and Wade is your husband and what, and, mm-hmm. um, and you guys met, so he, wait, did um, he go to school in Cal Poly or how did you guys meet? No, you said he met he, in college. He, I was in college. He had already graduated. He played football at, um, uh, University of Northern Colorado in Greeley. Oh, okay. So he was a, he was a D1 football player. Um, and he did his football deal and, you know, had, was successful at football and had some opportunities to move on, but he decided that he wanted rodeo. So he was rodeoing in California. Okay. And that's, I was still in Colorado. What was your guys' first what was your first encounter? Because I know this has um, to be good. It was probably pretty good. Yeah, it was. Uh his his initial encounter and my uh encounter, they seem to be different, but they're at the same time. But his version of the story is completely different than mine. Yours so, is probably the real one. So Yeah, of course it is. It yeah. was during the Cal Palace. The Cal Palace uh, was a is a big historic rodeo in California. Um and it used to be in the fall and then they moved it to the spring. And, um, I was in my last quarter at Cal Poly and I only had classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays and my, my family produced that rodeo. So on the week I, I would leave, you know, Friday morning and get to San Francisco with Cal Palace and I'd work the whole weekend and stay Monday and then cut and then go back to San Luis Obispo. Cause it was like two weekends at rodeo work. Um, and so all day I get back to school Monday, all day, Tuesday, I have class like 7am to 9pm, like all day class. And then Wednesday we wrote like, you know, go to college practice and rope. And then we, we had, I lived at John W. Jones. He's a world champion, um, steer wrestler. And all of those guys had come to the ranch to practice and I, and I lived there. And so my art, there was like four little, it was a compound. There's four houses and all college kids rented these houses. And we had a dinner party, obviously, cause we're sophisticated and <laughs> <All that edit. laughs> with, with, the, with the fine China, <laughs> right. We're, we're yes. extremely sophisticated. So we had a dinner party yes. and so, which was probably like hot dogs and mac and cheese. And we ended up playing cards and we met Wade and I met and that, 
I didn't have any money. He had to do, he had to pay for me to buy in to play poker. I'm the worst poker player in America. I have no uh, patience. So I'm, I just kind of go all in and I'm out and I'm done. I don't play anymore. So uh, that was, that was our first encounter. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. I like it. Poker and mac and cheese. Nothing says yeah. love. Yeah. <laughs> Lasting so romantic, love. isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah. um, you, when you moved to Colorado, so you worked for Professional Bull Riders Association, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And then how did you get into coaching at the college? Like what came next after that? Like after um, you guys yeah, got married? So I had always um, given lessons, you know, um, I, I was I'm very blessed to have had really good coaches my life growing up rodeoing. Um, at my my aunt Cindy was married to Julio Marino for 30 years. So, you know, a lot of my life and they're, they're divorced now, but he made the national finals in the team rope. And I think 12 times or something, you know, in the seventies and eighties right there before I went to Vegas. Um, and my dad was a very talented calf roper, team roper, bulldogger. My dad rode bucking horses. And so, um, I had a lot of access to high quality, you know, caliber ropers growing up. So, um, and then my parents weren't scared to, to find those girls that were really good at tying goats and, um, Nora Hunt Lee now, um, she taught me how to tie goats. And you know, so I just had a lot of, a lot of good coaches. So I would always give lessons cause I, I worked really hard at my skills and, um, I mean, it's kind of my life and, I haven't really grown out of that, you know, wanting to learn and wanting to give back and, and give lessons. So I had already given lessons before I moved to Colorado. I get to Colorado and I work for the PBR in Wade's rodeo on full time. He made the NFR. I don't know at that point, maybe two or two times or something. And so he's on the road full time and I'm with the PBR. And so how the, that was when it was the built for tough series. Now it's the monster, um, yeah. And now at the high end tours, the, you know, it, what used to be the built for tough is like the monster series now. So, um, we would have an event and you would go out to that event, like, you know, seven full days prior, you do all the pre-event, uh, PR and, you know, you have a, a bull rider that you take around and you take them to radio TV and bar promotions and Western stores and all that stuff to try to, you know, build the buzz before the event. So I'd be gone for you know, a week at a time, every three weeks. And then when I would be gone, he would come home. And so it was just not conducive to a successful relationship. And the college at Otero had a rodeo program from like 1956 to the 80s. And they don't really know when it stopped, um, but they stopped having a rodeo program. And I think that there's a lot of colleges that were probably like that out here. You know, um, CSU Pueblo had one as well. And So they decided they were going to bring the program back. And I had about three people call me, Hey, you should, you know, you should apply for this job. You should apply for this job. And I'm like, I can't like, I don't know. Um, But I was kind of, you know, looking for something to where I wasn't necessarily gone all the time. Like, like we were, you know, with, with the, the, the bull ridings and Wade rodeo. And so I applied and it was either, you know, I walked in the room kind of like either I'm either going to get the job or, like you guys aren't very smart, which is terrible to say out loud. Uh, no, that's confidence. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of walked in the room, like, I'm going to probably turn this one down. Like I'm going to get it. I'm probably going to turn it down because it's not going to be enough money. And it wasn't, but I knew that it was, I don't know, something about it just was like, this is the right, this is the right fit for me. 
and my, and you know, my husband, cause we got married in May of 2009 and I started at the college in, in uh, June 1st of 2009. So. Awesome. What has been like the biggest struggle? Well, one, you started up a program, so I only right. can imagine all the struggles there, but what's been something that's really tough for you? Like, well, it's La Junta, but like what's, yeah. what's locations tough? Rough. Locations rough, but like what else is like tough, like within that being a college I mean, radio coach and just, just go back 10 years. Um, when I started coaching, I mean, I've been coaching for 14, right? So go back 10, go back 14. I was one of three in the entire country women's head coach. So one of three. Oh my then. goodness. Yeah. Like, wow. Right. I was, I was one what of three. was that? In 2009. Yeah. That's not that long ago, right? Like, yeah. Like you knew, you knew the women that were a head coach. The only one I knew of was in, uh, the the Montana. What's that gal's name? Montana. Um, Mm -hmm. well there's, and then wasn't there one in Oklahoma and yeah. 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 Whatever. And Durant. And Durant. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. But before we go Um, any further, like when you talk about your location, I'm not familiar. So what's this? Yeah. I don't know this. Like, what's tell me a little bit about that. And you haven't listeners. drove through there for summer holidays or <laughs> ever a, had her family reunion. Well, I'm probably yeah. sleeping if we're driving, so um, I may have missed it. So go ahead, tell us a little bit. Um, La Junta would be the junction. Of about, the way that you say La Junta sounds way better when you say it than when La, I say a it. A lot of people say La Junta, but oh, it's not oh. it. It's, it's or La. I just say La Hanna. I mean, that's just how you say it, but. Um, we would be east of Pueblo, 60 miles. Um, we are approximately three hours from Denver. Um, we are four hours from Amarillo. We are two hour, two or hours or less to the um, Boys City, Oklahoma, the mecca of the Dust Bowl, where the Dust Bowl started in the 20s. Uh-huh. So <laughs> you're really selling it. You're really I know, selling right? it right now. Lena yeah. is you, having their family can, reunion there. Yes, exactly. Here's what I'm going to tell you, though. You can come to Southeast Colorado where I'm at right here and you can be 10 hours to anything. It sounds oh, crazy. Okay. I'm 10 hours to Fort Worth. I'm 10 hours to Billings, Montana. I'm 10 hours to, to Arizona. Um, I'm five hours to Albuquerque, three, four hours to Santa Fe, New Mexico, Oh, um, okay. my, my thing with like, you know, growing up in California and then going to school in the beach, right. At San Luis Obispo, California, I told Wade, like I, I can live anywhere, but I have to be about an hour and a half from an airport. So I'm an hour and 20 minutes to Colorado Springs. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. You make it sound way better. I'd yeah, live there. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So, I mean, you yeah. can, there, and, like we have, I mean, this sounds terrible, right. It goes back to me being this, like super ex- distinguished female uh we have a walmart i'm sorry yeah in our town of la junta so we have a walmart we i mean there's anything that you need between pueblo and and la Hanna, you can you can get right there's a mall right. in pueblo there's you know we like i said there's every fast food restaurant you can ask for in la junta and then there's a cute couple little cute boutiques you know in town there this sounds exactly what i tell my players when they come to visit mccook right? i'm like listen we have a walmart mm-hmm. we have I a walmart say the yes. same thing we got anything the- that you need yeah because here. here's yeah. let's if you go back to coaching reality right um you, if you're going there because you want to go have a cool experience in this college town it's probably not your jam but if you want to get better as an athlete and you want to grow as an individual mm. and 
you know, th- that's, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to give you an experience that is not replaceable, but Amen. What, Good yes. job. you're going to be so gosh darn busy that you don't even notice that you live in Lahana, right? You get up in the morning, you go feed your horses, you drive the five miles to, to the arena, you feed your horse, you go back to campus. You maybe have five minutes to run to the calf and get breakfast. You go to class, you go to class from 8.30 till 1.30. And then we have practice from two until five thirty six, and then you go eat dinner and you do your homework and you go to bed hopefully wow right yeah. so that's your day and then when we're in season so we're fall and spring they leave we leave on thursday and they're gone thursday friday saturday sunday and then they they're gone you know five weeks in the fall and five weeks in the spring well hell that's a quarter of your entire semester mm-hmm. wow yeah so, okay, going, so i don't sorry oh, so, no go ahead you go i don't know a lot about like this field. So if you're a student and you're coming to rodeo, do you, are you bringing your own horse? hundred percent. Like- you're, you're best. <laughs> oh gosh. Here's Lena. You, this yeah. is where okay. this, yeah, it, we are a whole different beast when it okay. comes to rodeo programs. So, okay. um, the college athletes, uh, generally for the most part, and I would say 96% are going to have a truck that is worth, I don't know. I mean, if you go buy a pickup right now, it's a hundred thousand. A trailer okay. mm-hmm. that is, depending if it's a living quarters trailer, you're looking at another fifty or sixty thousand horses right now. If they're if they're a high level competitive horse in say the barrel racing, you're looking at seventy five to one hundred thousand plus. Um, roping horses are twenty five to thirty thousand if they're a higher quality. Now you know some of the kids. This is. I, I am one of the coaches, one of the few coaches that is 100% willing to take a risk on a kid that doesn't have the the skill set, but has the the mindset that they want to get better and they want to do it. Um, because, you know, not not the highest quality rodeo athletes want to come to La Hunta, Colorado. It's just the facts of it. And so a kid that wants to come and work hard and try to get better, I will take in a heartbeat. So they might be on a thousand dollar sale barn horse and not have a truck and trailer and they're just wanting to learn how to rope or run barrels or be part of a program and they definitely have that they have that opportunity at otero for sure so then they are using their own when you say trailer Mm -hmm. and truck that's how they Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. and then who when it comes to the cost of taking care of the horse is that their personal cost or is the college Uh pay for feed and all that. Not at my college. That's their personal yeah. cost. And oh, it, wow. I think most colleges, it's it's all on the student. And that's okay. Um, There's a lot of liability when you go to feed in other people's horses because yeah. if you okay. can, you can get into some bad feed and it like uh, they had a little deal with some um, cubed feed that caused botulism in horses and it and then they would die. Oh, yeah. So okay. then that. So, yeah. Okay. Then that would be then the college would be liable for sure. a, say a hundred thousand dollar barrel horse. That's okay. not it. Got it. One thing that's, um, and I talk about this a lot with, cause like also in the recruiting world and like there's, so there's different regions. So like, you know, all athletics, like we have region nine with rodeo, there's like the Southwest region, there's the panhandle region. What region are you in? Um, central Rocky mountain, central Rocky mountain. Okay. So like, it's all different. So like in the region that we're in, they travel as a team. So it's like, they only take like four trucks and trailers, um, and then they all stay in a hotel and so forth. But like every different region, like when I heard that, that that's how they do it here. I'm like, they do what? Like, yeah, I that's would, cool that they do which, that, which is great. Yeah, that's awesome. But like in the region that I was in and most of the regions, I think this is the only region that's like that. 
everyone's responsible for their own way to get to the, to the rodeo. And that's why like you might have a nicer truck and trailer because you're staying in your trailer. Right. And it's, that's on. So like when I look at this, sometimes I being into the athletic world, it's like, okay, my parents sent me 15 hours away from home. And this is all of them with a truck and trailer and five set of horses that cost more than the home that I live in today Mm-hmm. by myself. Oh my. And like, and at, that 18. Was, at 18 and like, it, it's mm-hmm. your, it's your responsibility to feed them every t- twice a day to clean their pins. And then to like also be a student athlete and oh then do all gosh. that stuff. And like, sometimes like in, with my new job, I'm like, you guys don't even have to get up to feed your horses in the morning. Like this is nothing. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Or clean their pins or, you know, it's like, if you, Anything anything which is just so crazy like the difference of that um your last we had some soccer boys get in trouble and their coach is like they need to do community service i said i got community service for him i had a kid move out of his pen move out you know and didn't come like he didn't bring his horses back he stayed at home and now he's commuting but uh so his pens were dirty and i'm like yep so here's these soccer boys from all over the world and they're cleaning manure and cleaning pens and they're like this is terrible gagging and i'm making him pull tumbleweeds out <laughs> oh, <laughs> Love it. it was awesome yeah. that is so so good. going back the struggles of you know being a college rodeo coach you said like one 14 years ago you were the only female go back to that mm-hmm. yeah so um and not my okay so my family is my my maiden family the rosser family is fairly well known on the west coast then if, you know, I, I had, I, my rodeo knowledge was never questioned because of my family, right? It's like, shoot, she's secretary and timed and ran barrels and ropes, you know, her whole life. Like she knows a lot and help with bucking horses and flank bulls and all that kind of stuff. So when I got out here, it was like, they, people, a lot of people didn't know who I was um, or anything about my life prior to being Wade's wife. Right. Cause you move, you know, 1200 miles from home and they don't know, they don't, you know, and there wasn't, uh, the cowboy channel. So the, you know, rodeos across the country, and then they're glorifying all of these legends of, of the sport. So a lot of people now know a lot more about my family. And if you were kind of into the rodeo kind of history, you knew who my grandfather was, but if you if you didn't, then you just didn't, right? They knew who Harry Vold was because Harry Vold's from Ballard, Colorado, which is where I live now. And so Harry was like the legend for for the Midwest, right? He's done all the big rodeos. My grandpa's the same on the West Coast. And then Neil Gay's the guy in Texas, right? He's the championship rodeo and mesquite and did all of that. So regionally, there's these, you know, kind of mecca stock contractors. Well, mine's on the West Coast. and so Nobody really knew who I was out here. So I would jump um like the very first rodeo birches had the stock and they had um the an older guy loading bulls in the back and he got mucked out right and he's trying to get and there's you know matt's flanking the bull and he doesn't have any help and his other help is fighting bulls and they got you know six bulls loaded in the chute and this guy gets mucked out in the back and he's kind of out of it so i just jump the fence and go to loading bulls and they're like who the heck is this chick? <laughs> Which, you know, Matt and Chad Birch knew who I was. So they didn't, they weren't worried. Right. I just grabbed the fly and I go to loading bulls because the sky gets mucked out. And, 
um, you know, Benny and Servi and I are friends and I, and it was his, you know, he had Fort Collins and I'd go and I'd hang flanks for him. Cause you know, they, those college rodeos, those guys don't have a whole lot of help, the stock contractors. So I just go to doing stuff and those, the college boys would be like just befoozled. Cause I do love to get dressed up. Like I love to <clears throat> have like something exotic or like something different on. I generally wear stuff that nobody else is going to have. And I have all these crazy hats and cowboy hats and stuff. And I have long blonde hair and I'm just going to it. And they're just like, who is this chick? So it's taken a while for those guys to get used to having me back there and like chewing their butt about, gosh, darn it. Lo- like pull a slide, load that bull or like, don't, you know, get a hold of it. just stuff like that, helping them, you know, shoot stuff. And um, so that was like one of the bigger hurdles in the beginning was not that I had to prove myself, but I had to, you know, establish that I knew what I was doing. And so once now, like I, I don't really take disrespect at all in any circumstance in my life anywhere, honestly, but you know, I was not about to get like dismissed as a female and like, you know, get it. What are you doing here? Good for and then you. I had a, I had a big, I had a big struggle with the, the OG coaches, right? Coaches who, when I showed up, they'd already been coaching 25 years. Well, I'm a doer. I'm not really one to just sit in the stands and just watch my team compete. I don't, when you're, when you're, when your team is on the court, you're in there and you're banging on your clipboard trying to kill people right like you're just like she most definitely is yes very (laughs) accurate i mean banging on the floor slamming (laughs) clipboards like cussing under your breath i'm the same way i'm the same way in the arena and those guys were like pissed what are you doing like what are you doing i'm like what are you talking about i i I mean i'll talk to a fence post i'm not scared to talk to anybody and I'm visiting with kids and there was, a, I was young when I started coaching and there was people who I had been become friends with through Colorado, you know, amateur rodeos and Wade and his, you know, and his Tidero and, and, and so I would visit and they were in college out here and I would visit them. We were only a couple of years apart. So we're all buddies and we'd hang out and I'd visit my team my first year. They wanted 20 kids. I got hired in June. And I had one Ooh, kid in the, in the program and they wanted 20 kids in August. So I just recruited all my friends that I had met, you know, that were just a little couple of years younger than me still had eligibility. And I they just rodeoed for me. So my, the average team um, age on my, on my first team was like 24. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's crazy. Um, you know, those, you know, the, those coaches that had been, they were, they were, Part, I mean, it was, it was rough. It was really bad. I had one coach, uh, at another school in Colorado, poke me in the chest and say, you know what the F you're doing. And I said, you, I, it was not good. I had a, a bulldogger pretty much pull me off like a piranha and what? I was, yeah, a man. Mm-hmm. No. no, 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 Yeah. He said, you know what the F you're doing and poked me in the chest. And I went to like run at him and that guy grabbed me and I, he's like, nah. And I was like, you gotta be, Oh, it was bad. I'll see him later. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like mm-hmm. before this even airs, we're going to have to have like, um, a rodeo dictionary because there's so many words she said that I'm you like, don't. no, You're like when the gentleman was taken out, I don't know what word she used. 
Like what? What did you say when the guy when he had to start jump over and start helping? He was what? Bucked he was down? loading. Oh. He was loading bulls. Yeah, no, but what happened to him? Oh, mucks. So, mucks. Mucks. So like yeah. he like probably got ran over. Ran over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And survived. Yeah. And bulldogging. Yeah. I don't. Oh. Oh, poor a, Lena. Oh, I gotta <laughs> take her to a rodeo and yes, explain yes. it to her. I need like the lingo. Trip and Letty can tell you. Okay. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Set me up with an afternoon with them, and Ooh, I'll know. Let you I know, know what we're saying here. Letty's yeah. calling herself the freaking princess of the rodeo. I'm like, oh shit, I'm raising well, a flag, girl. Nice. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, um, girl. Lindsay. So. With, you know, of course, like you have all the characteristics now, people have like nominated you for other roles and positions. So talk to us a little bit about, because this, the the position that you're in now, wasn't that just new this year with the Women's Pro Radio Association? Association? Um, n- no, it's, um, well, uh, yes and no. I started in February of 22 okay. um, with the Women's Rodeo World Championship. So yeah, what it okay. is, um, and so last year was year three. This is year four of this event. And it's a single event. Um, it's co-owned by the PBR and the and the WCRA, so the World Champion Rodeo Alliance. And it's the single largest all-women's rodeo in the world. It adds $750,000. Um, and so what it is, it's a similar, you know, one event like the American with all of this money for these gals. And it's... Um, equal money through the team roping, barrel racing, and breakaway roping. So um, what they did, the PBR and the WCRA, was they saw that there was um, a void, a a big hole in the rodeo industry on women, and women have been completely underserved. This has been proven on numerous occasions when um, when the PRCA decided to, and the WPRA start, started to start having breakaway roping at some of these rodeos, um, the past commissioner for the PRCA, George Taylor, he tells me, I had a big rodeo um, in San Juan Capistrano that my grandfather put on or puts on, um, and he added 20000 to the breakaway rope and added it to his rodeo because he wanted to. And we did it, we did it invitationally. Um, I invited some of the top ropers, you know, across the country to go to that rodeo Cause that's, that's a huge opportunity. So George Taylor was there and he says to me, um, well, you know, we have to develop the sport. And it was like, he could have slapped me across the face and I'd have probably taken it better. And I said, excuse me. And this is the commissioner of the PRCA, the largest rodeo organization in the world. Right. And I said, and we're having a conversation. He says, yeah, well, we have to, you know, we have to develop the sport. And I said, there's nothing to develop. The breakaway roping has been around for 50 plus years. I said, there's nothing new to that. You just have to accept it. That's all. You don't have to develop it. It's done. There's yeah, rules, there's good, bylaws. Yeah. There's, there, I mean, all you have to do is give us a chance, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times, and this goes back to my statement before, when I graduated from college, I had to be a barrel racer. If I wanted to stay in the rodeo industry and compete as a competitor, I had to be a barrel racer. Well, now it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that way. Now, you know, they've added more breakaway ropings and they've added, you know, to the pro rodeos because there's always been big, big jackpots to go to that added, you know, 10,000, but never anything like our, the women's rodeo world championship. It adds $183,000 of discipline heading and healing. That's crazy. That's right. And where is that rodeo hosted? Um, at Cowtown Coliseum in Fort Worth, Texas, okay. in conjunction with the PBR World Finals. So, 
Yeah. Is, is rodeo something that athletes are easily priced out of the sport? Oh, that's a good way to put it. Because of like the cost of everything? Yeah. Or is there yeah, for sure. resources available that can help them? No way. Nope. Um, there's, there's some sponsorships, if you, but you have to be good enough to get a sponsorship. But uh, sure. that's a, it's a very true statement to say that some people can be priced out. But more than anything, it's like a drug. It's You get addicted to it and you get addicted to the winning and you get addicted to the adrenaline that you get when you compete. Mm-hmm. But a lot of guys go broke or, or women, you know, you win just enough to starve to death. Oh, geez. That's okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. It. Do you have a success story of somebody who came in who Ooh. didn't have a lot, but you know, was able to make it? I can, I'll tell you a story about a gal, um, from my event. Okay. So back to the women's rodeo world championship, we award $60,000 to our winner. Martha Angeloni grew up in Virginia. Martha. I know Martha. Martha's the best. And you know Martha. Yeah. And Martha went to college in Oklahoma and didn't hardly have a horse. She always had a lot of talent with a rope. But I remember Martha when she would go anywhere and just jump ride any horse that anybody would let her on. And she went a little here, went a little there. And then, you know, the rodeos got better and Martha went to win in and and Martha had already made the NFR when she won our rodeo last year. But what she didn't have was, was like a cushion. She never felt like she wasn't broke. She was waiting tables and bartending just to have enough money to enter so that she could try to win enough money so she could go to the next one. She was kind of a paycheck to paycheck roper, which there's, I mean, I would say, a lot of people are that way in our industry. So she goes to the women's rodeo world championship, wins 60,000, gets a cushion, buys a horse and goes on and wins the world. She wins over a hundred thousand in, in her year earnings. I don't know how much she won at the jackpots because she had, she had a little bit of stability just from winning our event. And it kind of changed the trajectory of her entire year for 20 20- yeah, wow. for 22. That is. And Martha is, she's, is she younger 30s or is she 30 even? Oh, she's yeah, probably, she's probably, she's probably not quite 30 yeah, yet. Yeah, I was going to say. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. I feel like I know the answer to this next question, but I don't want to assume. Do you deal with any parents in the rodeo world? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Yes. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. And give us your best parent story, yeah. Lindsay. Oh, um, there's a few. Oh, thanks. Uh, I feel like there's parents. so many I different just, parents in different levels. Like you got your young junior. There's some parents, parents that are, there's some parents that are like, yeah, chew, chew on my kid. Cause he deserves it. Like he doesn't listen anyways, you know? And then there's other parents who I had just had a baby. I just had Lyndon, um, in, uh, July 28th. So I was still on maternity leave when the semester started. I had Jesse Jolly, who is one of, one of the more talented cowboys, um, in the country. In my opinion, he used to ride bucking horses and he's a really great team roper. And he's just a great guy. He's a good human. He was my assistant coach at the time. So he, he takes over, right. And I have a brother and sister combination, and I'm not even back to a hundred. I would show up to practice every once in a while, you know, nursing a brand new baby infant and, you know, doing my best at the time, but I'm still on maternity leave. And, um, I go to the rodeo in Lamar and this dad comes up to me and he goes, I need, and I, my bronc rider just wins the bronc ride and I'm pumped. Right. I'm like, yeehaw, here we go. We got a W and 
And he walks up to me, he's, I need to talk to you. And he's pissed. And I'm like, all right. And mind you, this is the same guy whose daughter I asked her, I said, Hey, what are you going to see in the breakaway, which is the start. And, um, you know, it's the head start that you have to give the calf when they nod their head. So I'm like, what are you going to see in the breakaway? She's like, I don't, I don't watch the start. This is, and this is like, I'm not, I'm quoting. I said, what do you mean you don't watch the start? My horse knows the start. No, 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 no. I no. swear to God. Where? I'm gonna have to explain too, this too one bad to Lena. I don't know what you're yeah, but about. Uh-huh. I'm quite sure yeah, if so I, has, I think if I told that to anybody that's ever helped me roping, I would have been pulled off my horse and. Right, she's my horse oh. knows the start. And he said, "Well, you're gonna have to teach me how to teach horse how to do that because I feel like Shit. that's the million dollar. That's yeah. like that's like the million dollar lottery right there. Yeah. Like you're Impressive. you just you hit the you hit this jackpot. Mm-hmm. And so her dad and I have her son too. And comes up to me and he goes. Um, I am not happy. I said, oh, all right, well, let's hear it. Well, this is nothing like you said it was going to be. I'm like, well, I don't know if you know this, but I'm not even like, I'm sorry that you're upset. I'm not even at practice. Like I, I'm still on maternity leave. I see this tiny human I'm holding. I just, I just gave birth to that. Right. So um, it didn't hatch out of an egg, bud. Yeah. Okay. I just, right? yeah, didn't it, it didn't come out of an incubator. Yeah. Um, so I'm really sorry oh. that you're upset, but you oh. know, we'll, we just got to make do with what we got. Well, and he was like, you're not even there. You're not even there to help them. Oh. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. Jeez. I mean, just stuff like that. No words. Yeah. My, uh, a lot of time, a lot of time you get the, like my kid my kid's going to make the college finals mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, I bet. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks, it's like, saying, it's, gonna, it's like saying that your setter is going to get you to the national tournament. Yeah. Like that's yeah. not, you I can't did, see, you can't say that. I just laugh. If like we're, we're hardly ever around anymore, but like if I ever saw a parent saddling somebody's horse, I'm like, Oh, interesting. Like I've never had a parent saddle my horse no matter what ever. No. Yeah. Not, not when you're old enough to get it on there. Yeah. And I remember, my son's, yeah. my son's nine and I bought him a step stool so he could saddle his own horse. Good job, yeah. mom. And when my dad, my dad yeah. thought I was the age that I should be able to br- bridle a horse and I was struggling with it. And he's like, that's fine. You'll just continue to ride with a halter until you figure it out yourself. So, mm-hmm. okay. I remember crying. I can't get, I couldn't get a halter on or something. And I'm like, I was little, I was probably five or six. I don't even know. I'm like, he's like, you better figure it out. Cause I'm not doing it. And you're like, what? Yeah, Come you on. just gotta yeah. figure it out. I'm little. Yeah. Like, help me now with rodeo. Like when kids are young, do you get like I don't? I'm going to say like private lessons, but do you get somebody that like starts coaching you, or is most of it coached within like a family? Like, your it just depends on the it depends on the the situation. It is so much different now than like when we grew up because when we grew up, we were kind of ranch raised and you kind of grew up, your parents either rodeoed. You weren't like a first gen rodeoer. You weren't a first gen horse family. No, there's a lot of first gens. Like it's like, um, I want to be a barrel racer. So the parents are like, okay, well they Google like how to become a barrel racer. Well, you buy a horse and you get a trainer and you, you know, or, or, you know, like in Colorado, they have the Western ears, which is the little drill team out here. And there's a lot of those girls that they never owned a horse before, but now all of a sudden they want to, they want to be a roper and they want to be a barrel racer. And so they figure it out. And then that's when you get a lot of like, she's the best rider you've ever seen. And you're like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Or, or she's like, she's an all around. I'm like, what does that even mean? 
Like that's, that's so awesome. you either win the all around because you're you won in two or more events, but like you're not an all around just because you enter them. Mm, that's <laughs> so funny. Is there such things as like rodeo camp? Uh, do you go I'm, somewhere? Only camp I ever went to is like rodeo Bible camp. Oh, yeah, they have a lot of Bible camps. Yeah, Bible camps, and that was always yeah. fun too. Did you take your horse? Yeah. So your parents yeah. drop you mm-hmm. off there with your horse. What? And you're like ten. Take yeah. Carry your horse. How long is this camp? Like I don't know. Like our, a weekend. Yeah, a weekend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Two or three days. And like you're riding and reading your yeah. Bible, or what? No, are we doing like here? so. It's like the ones that used to happen here in Nebraska. Like yeah, you, it's like all church services and stuff, and then there would be a rodeo at the oh. end of the week. Oh, yeah. okay. God, God and rodeo. They would like, there, there's a lot of clinics. Yeah, lots there's of clinics. Lot of people like, you know, like, um, you know, just clinics where you can go and pay and you get like a weekend of um, instruction. And uh, wow. so, What is the oh, biggest change in the industry that you've seen in the time you've been involved in rodeo? It would definitely, the biggest change would definitely be, well, there's a couple. There's been a transition um, from rodeos being like these fair um, kind of like side attractions, like just, just, you know, kind of like the biggest, the coolest thing at the fairs going to the rodeo to like these high production, uh, highly produced intricate rodeos like Houston and San Antonio. And, you know, they incorporate these, this I mean, Cheyenne, they incorporate these amazing recording artists that come in and have, you know, um, concerts after the rodeo and everything kind of goes together. And then in 2000, right before COVID, so 19, I think was when Cheyenne decided to have the breakaway and it wasn't sanctioned through the WPRA. Um, just kind of a, with the inclusion of breakaway and in, cause just Lena, so, you know, there's historically been one female event within the rodeo business. So there's three rough stock events, two timed events, and then the barrel racing. So one sink, there's six for the men and one for the women. Now, if you go to high school rodeo, there's six for the women, seven now with the reigning cow horse. And then, um, oh, let's see. Yeah. Six for the men. So high school, you have six and six or seven and seven. And then now college, you have four and six and then pro rodeo, boom, one and six. I, I don't so, understand that. Like what, what's the gap there? What it was explain that to me. Just, I, I mean, there's so many entities and things that go into play there, but yeah, there was, it was just the, it's like a, it's led by men. It's it's a good old boy sport. So the WPRA is the historic organization that, um, follows suit with the professional, with the, with the professional rodeo cowboys. So the PRC and the WPRA are kind of like the, the king and queen. And the WPRA, um, they used to have all women's rodeos where they would have tie down roping and team roping for all women only and some rough stock events for all women only. And then the breakaway roping and barrel racing, all of those events together, women's rodeo only. Well, about 2008, they kind of just dismissed everything else besides the barrel racing. Um, and the rodeos to bring in, to bring female active, you know, athletic activities into, they just took the barrel racing and nobody ever really fought for the female ropers or anything like that. So really 
you know, besides the rodeo production side, turning into these like huge major events and, you know, fast paced music and kind of keeping the rodeo rocking and rolling all the time. And, and that would be one of the other major things that I noticed. And then, you know, now this new wave of equality within the sport and <clears throat> allowing women to be showcased on more than one level Got is it. probably the next thing. But okay. when I say that, the struggle is real. The fight is still on. And that is why it was so easy for me to say, to add another iron to my fire, to put another hat, you know, on my head as the commissioner of the women's rodeo world championship, because they believe that women are underserved in the industry and have said it from day one. And that's the reason why they hired me because I, I go to, I competed at the first two, right. I Mm -hmm. went to Fort Worth, Texas, the first one. And the second one was in Las Vegas. Um, and so I, I knew who was putting it on and I called him. I'm like, Hey, this thing is too awesome. Like what you're trying to do is too awesome to mess things up, um, on a production side of things, like just minimal things. Um, and like, here's what I see. I just want to give you some like help, right? Some little advice. And they're like, you know what we need? We need a woman who's not scared to say how the cow eats cabbage and to be, to be our voice, to be someone that the the other women can go to and to allow, you know, this to continue as to continue in growth. And so, um, I said, yes. And I wholeheartedly believe that this is another avenue for women to make money and be successful within the industry and not have to, rodeo professionally in order to do it. So we have two groups of women that compete, a challenger and a pro. A challenger is not necessarily somebody who doesn't have the ability as a pro, but maybe who doesn't have the opportunity, right? Um, the, the, the Lindsay Sumter who has a full-time job, who can't go make a living with her rope. She's got a job. She goes kind of to 10 rodeos throughout the year and wins enough just to kind of stay under the radar and has won less than $6,000 in the year prior or 20,000 in the lifetime earnings, which the lifetime earnings is a hard number to kind of crack. Cause who, I don't, I don't remember how much I won at college when I did rope. Right. Like I pretty much hung my rope up in 2004 after that, besides team roping and training horses after 2004, there's what, especially in California, there's one breakaway jackpot in the whole state. And then, you know, you move out here and there's amateur rodeos and stuff like that. So um, the barrel racing, less than $20,000 in a year. Well, Haley, you know, like you don't have to go that far and you can stay under Mm $20,000 pretty easily. So that would would define you as a challenger. Now, if you want $100,000 in Equistat earnings, you might have in the fraternities and stuff. I don't know, but like some of those rodeos that you want and stuff, you know, amateur rodeos, they're not, they're not on Equistat. Well, so, and, and I also think like from back then, like the social media wasn't as big as it is now. So like nobody like knew earnings, like that wasn't something that you always, you know, like you saw or heard you about. Didn't talk about. Yeah. So yeah. like nobody well, kept they track didn't, of that. They didn't have a lot on MySpace back yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> they just, yeah. What song and background I had, that's about it. Right. And like, who's yeah. your top eight? What? Yeah. Eight, yeah top eight friends. What um, is, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What nope. is the age? When does someone age out of rodeo? Because of the physicality <laughs> and the demands on the body, what's the average whatever's in your head. Oh, there's guys that are 90 years old. That'll back in the box and rope mm-hmm. a calf. That's right. Jeez. Cause there's levels for that. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good. So the cool part about like women's rodeo world championship is we have a challenger and a pro. So 
the pro being that Jackie's and the Larry D's and the Haley Kimsels and the Brittany, Brittany Posey's, you know, those gals who are beaten down the highway trying to make the NFR go into a hundred rodeos a year, you know, winning, winning 50, 60, $80,000. Um, and being away from home. Granted, when you say those girls, those are girls are away from home nine months out of the year. I lived oh. that life with my husband. Like, oh I don't, I could, if you told me I had to do that and leave my boys, I would, I, you could kick rocks. Like mm-hmm. no shot. Am I missing a wrestling tournament? They're terrible. And I have to eat peanut butter and jellies and sit in the stands. <laughs> and it smells like feet, right? I hate it. But oh. I'm not going to miss gonna it. This is going to be Haley's life yeah, soon. It's so going to be me. Oh, gross. God, that's so awesome. Right. They're so disgusting. Uh, wrestling is gross. I don't, I, yeah. I didn't grow up in the wrestling. My brother played basketball, right? Like we're basketball people. And like the, everyone out here is like wrestling is God. And yeah. I'm like, I married one of those like feet. It's yeah. so stinky. Oh, yeah. it's, it smells like some kind of infection. It smells like something that needs <laughs> medicated. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, just spritz me down with alcohol at the end. To and it's hot. It, it has to be hot. Right. So it's gross. Hot. It is gross. I'm with you. I, I hope that my kids are like good lot. Which my nine year old is five foot and 120 pounds, right? So like I think I'm I'm gonna be tapped out of the wrestling thing. I think we're gonna play basketball. Well, like there's like no not- there's not, there's not a lot of kids for him to wrestle. Oh cool. It's amazing. One thing I was talking to Lindsay here the other day, Lena, and you you probably understand this. And I'm just like we were talking about recruiting and stuff, and we were talking about some rodeo recruits because I also get to do that in my job um and but like if I was in high school today and like I wanted to be the very very best at roping more more or less for me I would say like roping and I knew that Lindsay was a rodeo coach I would want to be beaten down the door to go to her school and La Junta, Colorado. Got it. Because mm-hmm. like I'd be nothing but learning from the best. Like she is oh, somebody right. that is like Got she's it. at the top. Like for gotcha. me, she's like a top tier female rodeo athlete. But like I don't like Lindsay and I were talking about this, and like I don't feel like that's happening for her, mm-hmm. which is crazy to me. Because then I'm like, where where are the people that just want to be the next Lindsay mm-hmm. or be the next Martha? Right. Why are they right. not? You know, like why? Like why is that? Like. But then I'm like, that that goes back to so many different factors. You know, some people don't want to get out of Texas or, (laughs) which I'm like, still like, I'd, I'd want to be, you know, living right underneath her armpit in Colorado. (laughs) Cause she's six foot. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Cause I'm a giant. I I would be good on the front row. (laughs) (laughs) Throwing in some volleyball lingo. Yeah. I just find that crazy, but I don't know. I, I think if you're a young female athlete in the rodeo world you should go to Lindsay's school well i appreciate that i wish it's kind of it's kind of like i i was talking to a guy the other day and he's like i bet you know this breakaway deal is getting so good and like you you girls are getting so much more recognition that is deserved you know um you probably got sponsors beating down your door and i said i wish i could tell you that that's the truth but i've had the door slammed in my face so many times this last year by people that are just like Nope. Like really? Afraid of women. Afraid of women. Mm -hmm. Lindsay, tell us your funniest rodeo story with somebody that includes somebody that I might know. Oh my God. I don't know. That's a hard one. You know, a lot of, I know Lindsay, sometimes she travels with my sister-in-law. Sometimes they, well, they travel together. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, 
We meet up at some truck stop parking lot. She was part Uh, of Tripp's birthday present. Oh, yes. For this yes. year? For this year. She oh, nice helped jump. go get Trinket. Oh. Yep. We drove, we drove, what, 150 miles out of the way to go get her. Yep. <laughs> old, at a truck stop. Old lady Trinket. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I almost, oh, by the way, I almost cried first off, and I, this was probably Casey's idea. So for Tripp's birthday, he got Trinket, and then they had, which I'm like, how have I never seen this? The shadow box of Clay riding Trinket at the college finals with like a buckle that he won when he rode oh. her and stuff and like Tripp's opening it. And I'm just trying not to cry. That I'm like, in the thing. fact that that's like the same horse that Tripp has yes. now. Like, oh, that's that, really beautiful. Like really, like when does that happen? Like you never find a horse that you sold and you can get like put for back. back. Yeah. And like, for me, this is the second horse, like um, my cutting horse in high school, the lady was too old and she stopped riding and she gave him back to me. <gasps> for my nieces and nephews oh my so like which is super cool like this was a horse that i had so much success on and Mm -hmm. now we have one too like that never that's pretty rare to happen it's awesome it is awesome awesome. i don't necessarily have a funny story but i do have a pretty badass story between you and i that oh god um, oh here we go a lot of people yeah a lot of people don't and it kind of you know it kind of it's one of those deals where you're just like oh so uh my friend who went to school for me jen um, oh, yeah. the barrel horse. And did I, did I call, how did I, did I was rodeoing with Kelsey Scott and you and Kelsey Scott were besties. Yep. And, and you were working for Judd Little mm-hmm. and somehow or another we needed a horse. So we end up with Dupree. What a, Dupree. Yes. He was a delight. He was a peach. Um, and Jen didn't really get along with him. I ended up getting him and riding him and, we were going to sell him and I went to roping on him and didn't really run. I ran barrels on him a little bit, but he wasn't hard. He wasn't a bad horse. He was a good horse. He just didn't fit Jen. He just, so, there was a lot of pushing there. There was no yeah. stopping. I, I got, I yeah. remember that horse. Like, don't, yeah. don't look down. He, just, go, he go, was, go. He, there was nothing wrong with him. Um, but he just didn't, he just didn't fit. And I kind of went to roping on him and it changed his mindset a little bit. He's like, God, that running barrels is a lot easier. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> Um, we are time to sell Dupree and you had Chevy or you had sold Chevy yes. to a little girl and that wasn't a fit. Yeah. And so, and, and so from, meet, the, from that yep. story, mm-hmm. the girl that had bought Chevy, I see 10 years later on a college volleyball team. No way. Yeah. I'm like, that name sounds familiar. Like, really? what is the chances of that? Okay, continue. And now you okay, go. Okay, so so we meet in Fort Worth area somewhere after the Windy Ryan. I'm probably hungover because it's hotter than Marie at the Windy Ryan. I generally get done roping and I have too many beers sitting in the sun. And um, we meet at this little boy's house that went to school at University of Wyoming. And we ride Dupree and Chevy. Mm-hmm. And we... Straight across, wasn't it? Yep. We just swapped, which was because um, the person that, had, yeah. And the deal yep. that about Chevy was, it was a family. Maybe I shouldn't say this. That, like they didn't know like the rodeo world mm-hmm. and like the Chevy was a kind of a higher a, caliber mm-hmm. horse. And okay. like, they didn't know the difference between a, like, it was like, it. if you didn't know the difference between a Mazda and a Ferrari. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. 
you know, it's like it goes vroom vroom, and that's what they say, but it's not like the vroom, like with right. the rumble. Gotcha. Traded straight across. Yeah. Okay. Straight across, uh-huh. which mm-hmm. was awesome. Perfect. So Worked Chevy, out for both parties. She, yep. Chevy was um, a challenge to run in the barrels. She liked to she liked to turn a lot, but somehow or another, Jen gets in, gets along with her. But she's a pretty dang good rope horse. Has mm-hmm. a couple corks. And a pretty dang good roper. So Jen keeps the mare for um, go all through college, and then she sits. Well, I had sold my horse, and I needed a breakaway horse. So breakaway starting to come back a little bit, and we're starting to have a few more ropings. And I go and Chevy's. Jen was working the office job in Denver, and she's sitting at a um, like a, a boarding facility. And I go get Chevy, let's go back to roping on her, and win quite a bit on her. And then Jen decides, I said, Hey, it's, it's time. Like we need to, if you want to get any money out of this mare and pay some bills and buy a pickup, like let's sell her. So I tell a couple girls that I'm going to sell. Well, I tell Jackie, Jackie Crawford, um, that I'm going to sell Chevy and that she's like, dang it. I don't have any money. You know, everybody wanted this mare and I have a, a kid come rider for Sawyer Gilbert. And he, Sawyer didn't even come try her. And Sawyer buys the mare off of what this kid says. And then has, and Sawyer's in high school and has hell on her for like a year. And her dad calls me, I'm going to sell, I'm, I think I'm going to sell that mare. And I, and I don't know what, or like, will you ride her? Like an outside horse. And I said, well, I'll ride her, but don't, there's no point in sending that mare. You might as well send that girl with the horse. Like. <laughs> Lindsay, that's what I I'm did. talking I, about. I said that, like, hey, the horse, I know the horse. She was, like, probably 14 or 15. Yeah. I've known the horse for the last seven years. Like, I know I'll, I'll fix the horse in one run. But send the girl with the horse, and let's make this deal good. Long story short, she goes and wins a world on her. Yeah. She, won, she wow. wins a gold buckle on that horse. Wow. So that's that's my... That's my Haley Lindsay horse story. And Chevy, Chevy has such a background story because I've yeah. like before we had Chevy and I don't say, I say we as in my, my sister and brother-in-law, Chevy was at um, Felicia Miller's as a barrel horse and they roped because the Miller's rope and um, do barrels. And, and then I, it was just so crazy. She's been everywhere. What was the, what was the oh, guy, the rodeo coach? Uh, guy Smith. Guy Smith. So, yeah, so then Chevy was purchased by a guy that I roped under, and like I rode all of his horses. And then when I ended up not going there anymore, I was like, I I gotta take this horse because I just she's so. And I convinced my brother in law guy, who was a rodeo coach, I'm like, you have to buy her. Like, she needs like we need this horse. And so she she was just so pretty. Like she just like Aww. cute face. And so she was like the queen bee at the house. And everybody uh, needs one of those. Everybody. Yeah, she was just so cute, but. Yeah. Small, small world. She's gritty. She's finally, um, I saw Sawyer the other day at Fort Worth and I said, why are you not riding Chevy? Um, she was so dang tough and Mm -hmm. she still is tough. And she had pulled a tendon off her bone and, and Sawyer didn't even know it. Oh Oh, gosh. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah, so she's good. she's gonna get bred this year and have her first baby. Aww, so that'll be good. Pop tart. So we're kind of wrapping up, Lindsay. First and foremost, thank you so much. This is fun. Yeah, I learned a lot today. Yeah, I learned a lot. Um, 
Yeah, that Thank was you for cool. Yeah, this is great. Um, I talk a lot. <laughs> so do we. Well, that's good though. We yeah. learned a lot. I don't think if, I think if it. we were ever in the same building, all three of us together, I don't think people would want to talk to us because no, we, they we, wouldn't get a word. I think we do too much yeah. and yeah. we do what we say we're going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, get we, things done. Yeah. We always wrap up with a few end it questions. So we're going to ask you those or do you have anything for us? No, Beautiful. no. Thank you. You rocked. No, you did good. so thank good. This is great. Me. I need, I need vintage photos. Send me the Roman photos, anything that you have, send them my way. Okay. Yes. Please do. Um, but okay. So do you drink caffeine? hundred percent. A lot of it. I'm a junkie. What do you, what's your, like, what's your go-to? White monster. Oh, oh okay. 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 What about, what about hot <laughs> drinks? Do you do any like hot coffee? coffee? Yeah. It just depends on the time of year. Right. I only really like hot drinks if it's cold and mm-hmm. I'll do like, I mean, if I'm like, if I'm going to go ahead and show out my freaking California white girl status, I'm like a skinny vanilla latte <laughs> kind of girl. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is good. Um, what are you listening to any podcasts? Actually I am. Let me, let me go, let me pull up my Spotify and I'll tell you what my guy's name is. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Yeah. Alex, his hmm. name is Alex Hermosi. Okay. What's he talk on? The game, um, the game with Alex Hermosi. Um, he talks about a lot of kind of business stuff. He's a, he's a, he's like, a, he's, he started in gyms and he would take over these gyms and turn them in, you know, turn them like roll them over successful. And then they would sell them. So he's kind of one of those guys. Okay. Um, but he applies a lot of the things like he talks about, you know, like what your what your true customer is and your he calls them their avatar and like turning things over that way. And I just I I don't know, I just kind of like his his mindset. I think he's got a he's got a pretty cool he's got a pretty cool vibe about him. He might he talks a lot about himself, but that's okay. Yeah. That's cool though. I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then I don't know. I'm kind of into those type uh, I really I like Joe Rogan, which sounds mm-hmm. terrible, but he's pretty awesome. I know. I need yeah. a. We have a lot of we have a lot like of Joe Rogan mm-hmm. fans. Um, are you currently <laughs> watching anything? <laughs> Bluey, come on! Oh gosh, um. yeah, <laughs> the Bluey's like my Coco Melon. Oh god, oh, I never had gosh, that in my house. Bluey. Never had word. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have a lot of time to watch tv because we we watch a lot of sports mm-hmm, you know sure. obviously watch the final four on both sides of it and then uh, even like this morning they were watching the masters i'm like golf is boring to watch <laughs> oh. why would we watch this yeah that's on in like, our house too oh god <laughs> oh, i was god. like how old are we and yeah. what nursing right? home like, is we're this? not gonna watch and my, no. it was my son's like mom can we watch the yes, golf like, i know no, no i agree oh, agreed. are you reading anything are you a reader <laughs> No, I'm dyslexic as I'll get out. I don't do well reading um, anything that's not physically in my hand. Um, and so I, I'm better of a, of a listener okay. than, I'm a, yeah. than I'm a reader. Um, I just know all my learning style. And that's just, I mean, and then with my master's program, I read a lot. And I, sure. so I'm ready for that to be done. Just probably try to do a little bit more of my, myself, you know, kind of build yourself up a little bit. Sorry, I just got it. Sorry, I just took a drink and I could and it, like, hear it. Noise. I'm <laughs> like, so sorry. <laughs> no, um, 
Okay, we we started doing this and we actually forgot to do this on our last episode. Oh my goodness. But so we have started this thing for 2023 where every episode we're going to say one person that we're thankful for and why. And of course, like you're probably thankful for many people, but today, who are you thankful for and why? One person? One person. Um... And not family, because obviously, it, it could like, be that's... yeah, it could be anybody. Yep, it could, yeah. it could be um, me since we just met. I am thankful Lena. for you. Oh boy, thank you. You're, You're the best. Oh, girl. <laughs> okay, um, I am with this women's rodeo world championship deal. I'm co-worker with Sammy Joe Smith, um, and it's she and I, and we're kind of the the force to be reckoned with behind all of this. You know. Um, and I, right now, like she's probably going to be the person that I'm going to say, I'm extremely thankful because she came into my life and I didn't really know, you know, that she was going to turn into this, to this person that I'm just so glad to have met and been able to work with. I mean, between her and I this year, we've, you know, built 60,000 in sponsorship just for the event, um, and built a partnership with a the national cowgirl hall of fame and museum. And that's between, you know, she and I did that and built that. And like, I just, I'm so thankful to be in this kind of trench with her and in this fight with her because she's, she's a freaking mover and a shaker. She just was on that, the cowgirls 30 under 30 list. And, um, she's a mom and, and she's just a cool chick and super thankful to be able to, to work with her. And, you know, you don't, my coworkers at the college, you know, I have like my AD is, you know, I've worked with him for 14 years and my Dean, I, he was my AD and like, I'm thankful for those guys, but like, she never, I never feel like I'm in the fight alone ever with her on my team on this deal. And that's bad. It's probably like how you two feel about each other, right? Like you're never in this fight alone. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to do, you're going to do this, this Mm -hmm. podcast together and you're going to fight it out. And like, she had an opportunity to, to get a, probably a a higher paying job, um, a couple months ago and she didn't take it. She's like, I, I I believe in this deal that you and I are doing and I'm going to, I'm going to see this out with you. And I was like, Oh, that's That's awesome. That's awesome. That's that's pretty BA. So that's cool. That's probably my person. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's good. Oh me. Um, I think I'm going to say just because this is kind of a rodeo podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, like, I'm going to say, well, there's two people, but first off my brother, because he's the one that actually got me started in roping and like it's Aww. siblings and mm-hmm. all my siblings rodeoed and college rodeoed. And he was the first one that, uh, I mean, to rope, rope, it's, uh, takes a lot mm-hmm. because you got to mm-hmm. have somebody that's going to put run the shoot and all those things. And so huge, I'm going to say my brother, Cole. Oh, good job, Cole. Like Cole, yep. That's what I, did you have another one? Because you said... Um, well, yeah. And then so like he was the one that really got me started roping, but then my brother-in-law, Guy Smith, like oh, he okay. took it to the next level. Like he's the That's one that awesome. taught me like all the bells and whistles and yeah. the horse part of it. And mm-hmm. it's not like with roping, uh, I don't know, ever since my brother-in-law taught me, like you don't beat your horse down because you're having a bad day. Like you oh, only got to, right. we only got to run a certain, right. like if we only got to run a certain amount and like our my good horse, like I only got to run like, three maybe five mm-hmm. cattle or you know rope that's that one many. of the harder things right. to teach college it girls. is you know and that. like and yeah. and i like even today like i roped like three years ago because a friend of mine <clears throat> and i roped two calves and that's all i needed even though i hadn't roped in 10 years i'm like 
no, this horse, he did great. I did okay. Mm-hmm. Let's be done. I'm done. <laughs> yep. I don't want to hurt myself or the horse. Oh, so, gosh, so good. Um, so yeah, good. so him. He taught me a lot on the roping side and horsemanship side. That's so sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for, I think, you know, my husband's going through this, the, the trenches of coaching and he's surrounding himself with other really great men that are like mm-hmm. God serving and positive and out for the kids. And so this, this group of men that he can lean on, you know, uh, Caleb Morgan, uh, Josh Brown and oh, group. Uh, yeah. And Dan Hartwell, uh-huh. you know, and even outside that group, like Scott Smalley and Townsley and Ew. Chris, I know Conroy, but like, you know, women are so into friendships and it's so nice to see my husband have this group of friends who are encouraging in the dark times, you know, and mm-hmm. like willing to walk with him in that mm-hmm. journey. And I think for anyone especially with everything going on in the world, if you don't have somebody there to walk with you, Oof. it can be a lonely, dark place. And so that's why, Amen. even that's why we do this podcast, like to surround ourselves with people who want to do good in the world, who want to cheer other people on. Yes. And bring others along with them in the exactly. journey. And it's like, be your cheerleader, be your support system. And that's so mm-hmm. direly important. It's so huge. Yeah. So, so Lindsay, guys, you're, you're a badass. Just people know that job. Yeah. Thank you so oh. much. It was such yes. a pleasure to get to meet you and hear all your knowledge and wealth of experience so thanks for sharing your time with us well, thank you for having me i appreciate it and yes. i think what you guys are doing is awesome i want to come to one of your shows oh yes or you could you just should. hire us maybe like run a special event there and yeah. let la junta and i'll take out lena well and i could probably well, talk I about mean, my um, you days just, of horse riding great oh, you could come to fort worth and we'll do something at oh my Australia. gosh we yeah. should yeah. let's do it let's do it but i have i i mean we're getting we have a we have our buckle ceremonies the cowboy channel bar is happening we have our we have a big champion breakfast at the calgary hall we got a bunch of different just yeah just go ahead and hire lena and i will do a quick show yes get some good laughs oh yeah yeah i mean lena alone talking about racing and pole bending and 4-h is going to be comical i mean pleasure and horsemanship (laughs) i don't even know if they still have those things but yeah the other day um red women ribbon winner over here oh gosh we uh, brought our horses out because, you know, we don't ride anymore only for our kids. And I told everybody this at Women's Wednesday. So, oh, sweet. Mother oh, my Pearl. gosh, Lindsay. This is so classy. You Speaking can, of etiquette, class, this is it's oh, or a larger pant size. So we one. turn all, all of our horses out it, during the winter because we, the only only reason we well clay rides like what ranching and stuff, but our kids. And so we um, it's the kid's birthday, of course, like and Letty is like wanting to ride and her horse is a little kind of a a-hole but not when she rides him but i'm like just want to make sure she's going to be okay and he doesn't do anything stupid so uh you know he's like 10 but he kind of acts like a three-year-old bronc mm-hmm. so i'm like have my foot in the stirrup and i'm like hanging there on the side while the peanut gallery watches waiting for me to get thrown off and uh my pants rip from like <laughs> Rip is like a loose term. I yeah. Feel like, it, like but where did they rip? No, that, so like from, you, yeah, so this is, yeah, so it, from like the top of the back waistband above my butt crack all the way down to the bottom of the tea kettle completely <laughs> oh, that spits. Is a, that is a faulty jean that has nothing yeah. to do with Christmas cookies. Okay, well, mama doesn't That's wear undies. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yes. So meanwhile, Clay's Snapchatting this from afar, waiting to send it to all of his friends. And I, I have no choice but to just go ahead and go because now my in-laws have seen all of the stuff on my backside (laughs) and, uh, they saw saw that, that college, uh, (laughs) 
yeah. tattoo oh, gosh. on your butt of a Shit. smiley face Shit. or something. Stop. Yeah, they've seen yes. the back tat, everything. Yep. Yep. And my mother-in-law's like, oh, and I'm like, cricket, turn around. <laughs> turn around. Oh, you know how to end things with a little bit of class. Yep. But yeah, thank you, Lindsay, so much. We'll yeah, be talking soon. Yep. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. All right. Catch you later. Okay. All right. See, ya. See ya. Bye. Oh, that was great. That was so good. That was so good. Look up so much stuff. You'll, that was so good. You'll educate me in yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like I said, well, you're going to have my kids during Easter Sunday, so yeah. mm-hmm. they can just tell you. Oh, yeah. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And um, we're just going to finish off with this song. We are. It's fitting. It is. So fitting. Um, anyways, everybody, thank you again for listening to another episode of Coaching Caffeine and Comedy. And I'm your host, Haley Kobza. And I'm Lena. All right. Catch you guys later.